Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito, and I'm really excited about today's guest. But before I introduce Dan, again, if you want to listen to a previous podcast, a previous episode, you can find us on Stitcher or iTunes, or you can just go to LuxuryListingPodcast.com. We provide some really great insight, uh, industry in this industry leaders, top luxury real estate agents. So you are listening to the right podcast if you want to increase your average sale price by adding high-end and luxury properties to your portfolio and hopefully by consistently adding them. My name is Michael Lofito, the host of the Luxury Listing Podcast. Again, without further ado, I do want to introduce you to this week's guest. Dan Kahn is the CEO of Christie's Real Estate, Christie's International Real Estate. And uh, I've had the pleasure to meet Dan on several occasions. He's um, a great presenter from live presentations, and, and he knows his information. And the reason I thought Dan would be a great guest to this podcast is he's got his finger on the pulse and not just in the United States, but globally as well. What's going on, some trends, that sort of thing. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the $100 million sale of properties and, and how those are more and more common as well. So we have some really great topics. But Dan, uh, welcome. Thanks a lot, Michael. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, I appreciate uh, you taking time. We're all busy, so I appreciate uh, you making time for this. So, Dan, t- tell, um, the, if you wouldn't, tell the audience a little bit about, um, you know, Christie's International and, and the reach and, and, um, and how many affiliate offices you guys have and, and that sort of thing, if you wouldn't mind, just so they have a, a, an idea of um, Christie's and, and um, maybe even the, the story of Christie's, if you don't mind. I'm happy to do it. Um, I'll give you a little bit of context uh, just to start things off. We are the real estate arm of Christie's, um, which your listeners hopefully will recognize as the world's leading auction house. Uh, Christie's, the auction house, has been in business for over 250 years and today is in 46 countries around the world. Um, about 25 years ago, Christie's made a decision to expand its operations by acquiring a real estate business at the luxury end of the spectrum. And really, the idea was to be able to provide seamless service to its clients across all of the different luxury asset classes. So um, real estate became an important part of that strategy. Um, The business has built over the years. Today, coincidentally, um, because we don't have the same offices, but coincidentally, uh, we are also, the real estate business is also in 46 countries around the world. Um, our business historically has been a, um, an affiliation model. So we have, for example, Conlon in Chicago. Um, we have Hilton and Highland in Los Angeles, Strutt and Parker in London. Uh, we have affiliates around the world. They're independently owned, um, and they are in our network by invitation uh, from Christie's. Uh, we r- really 
partner only with the firms that we consider to be at the um, at the sort of pinnacle of the luxury part of their respective markets. And okay. when we work with them, we work exclusively with them, not with any other firm in that market, which is different for us. Uh, then just a bit more background. The network over the last five years has done over $500 billion in sales in real estate, about 40% of that in what we would consider the luxury end of the market. Um, today, there are over 1,000 offices represented by those affiliates. Um, and somewhere around 30,000 agents uh, globally through the affiliate network. Oh, man. So $5 billion, you said, correct? Uh, over $500 billion in sales over the last $500 billion, I'm sorry. $500 billion over the last five years. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, it's a, pretty, uh, it's a pretty remarkable group of people. And when you boil it down, the people like you who are just, you know, they're the great specialists in their market all working together globally. And, and from a terminology standpoint, I'd like to, you know, I'll, just a reminder for those of you that have listened to previous episodes, uh, I define luxury personally as three times whatever the average sale price is for that given market. So, Dan, we have, you know, people listen to this podcast from all over the world. And so, you know, if I were to rubber stamp a price on it, I think a lot of people say million dollars plus, and, and that's probably a, a safe number. But depending on certain parts of the country, they don't have million dollar property. So I define it as three times uh, whatever the market average sale price is. But what are you seeing globally, if you were to give a term or a price point globally, what would you define that as, as a price point for, uh, you know, single family homes or, or condos? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we historically, um, because we're working with affiliates, we've had to set a benchmark. And so we traditionally have said that the kind of the entry level um, for most of our affiliates is a million dollars. But you're right, we have um, lower thresholds in markets where uh, there are great luxury properties transacting below a million. And then we have markets that are uh, much higher. The average price around the world when we surveyed all of our affiliates was uh, when they said what they defined as luxury in their market, the average globally was 2.1 million U.S. dollars. Okay, 2.1. Okay, interesting. So let's talk a little bit about trends. Um, you know, here we are when we're, we're taping this. We're, we're almost wrapping up 2017, headed into 2018, uh, new year. Uh, you know, in the U.S., you know, we're, we're coming on, um, you know, almost one year into the, the current administration. So what, what are you seeing as far as trends, um, you know, both North America, U.S., uh, you know, I guess majority of our listeners are from the U.S. So what are you seeing in, in the U.S. and maybe globally as far as, um, not so much the average price point homes, but specifically speaking, you know, that million-dollar-plus um, property. Are you, are you seeing things trending downward, stale, you know, level, or, or moving upward? Um, you know, wh where are they at now, in your opinion, and, and where do you see them trending in 2018 based on, you know, the analytics and, and, and all the stuff that you guys do? You guys put together some really great reports out there, by the way. Yeah, no, thank you for that. The, you know, when we, re we released our uh, annual thought leadership piece in the spring, uh, which is called Luxury Defined, and uh, when I spoke about it after it came out, the way that I characterized it and the way I characterized the luxury markets is that the world was flat. Um, so 
uh, not wanting to be scientifically controversial, but if you looked at the trends in the luxury market worldwide, uh, you had some winners and some losers. But realistically, after a few years of really significant run-ups in pricing in both the primary economic hub markets and secondary home markets, things had started to level out, which didn't mean um, that the performance in those markets was poor. It just meant that, um, in fact, they're in most markets were still pretty strong. It's just you, you didn't see the same kind of growth characteristics. Um, I think what you are seeing, a couple of, couple of caveats, though, at the particularly high end of the market, um, there is some softening. Uh, there's also been a significant buildup in inventory in a couple of notable places. Miami's a good example. Um, New York, not quite as much, but there's a lot of inventory coming on to the scene. Um, the governments have introduced some cooling measures to try to um, cool pricing and cool the transaction volume with mixed success. So it really, you have to be really careful about the markets you're talking about uh, when you try to tease out, um, you know, overall statements about what's happening in the luxury market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you brought up two terms there. You got primary residence and, and then secondary or vacation homes, um, which is a good distinction. That's that's one thing. Um, you know, the vacationer, the weekender. I mean, uh, you, what are you seeing there? Are you seeing, uh, you know, more specifically speaking, the secondary housing market? So, in other words, the vacation rent. You know, the the, the weekend getaway. Uh, is that more um, still of a a buyer's market even more so than single family, you know, the primary residence? Uh, you know, again, Michael, I'd say it really depended on, on the market because um, the, the closest correlation that you actually see is um, the correlation between the weekend market and the local market that, it, it, um, that supports it. So, for example, um, Toronto is still booming the result of which is that the Muskokas are still faring uh, really well. In the Hamptons, there wasn't as um, New York had tailed off a little bit, and the result of that was that you also saw the Hamptons softening a bit at the high end. And so it's really, um, I think you really have to think about the, the weekend market as, as being a reflection of the primary market that, or markets that service it. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a good reminder, just knowing your numbers at the local. I mean, so obviously, you know, Dan or whoever it might be that we have on here, you know, there's no definitive answer on the global trends. So you really need to know your analytics, know your numbers at the local level. When I speak and I do trainings across the country, I always say you got to own your numbers because you might be sitting across the table from a seller and perhaps this gentleman owns what you would define as a luxury property, and that marketplace is a buyer's market, a lot of inventory, but the, the entry level or the mid, mid-tier price points, it's really hot. It's definitely a seller's market. And if you don't manage your client's expectations from day one and let them know, well, overall, yes, Mr. Seller, our town is doing really well or the market for this, this area is, is you know, heating up or prices are going up, unfortunately, in your price point or you know, starting at 900000 and you're at one five or whatever it is, you really need to own your numbers at your local market. But, of course, when you have your finger on the pulse on trends and what's going on globally, you know, that's really important as well. So, you know, by bringing education to the marketplace, um, 
that's really key to attract more clientele. And that's one of the things that we teach with our certification is really own your numbers and, you know, bring content, content marketing, content for buyers, content for sellers, and market updates. That's really important. So um, that's a, you know, good, good insights there, Dan. Appreciate it. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Luxury Defined. You guys put together a great report uh, every springtime, and uh, I'm a big believer in that. Um, and, and, again, for those of you that are out there, you know, I, I firmly believe iron sharpens iron. So, um, you know, this, this report, you know, you can find it online. Um, Christie's puts it together. I think you can find it at luxuryredefined.com. It's really great. But one of the things they talk about in there is the rise of the $100 million home, the, the, you know, the, the spec house, you know, the nine-figure market. And um, I, I believe there were more $100 million sales in this white paper um, last year than the previous, you know, several years put together. Is that, is that accurate? I want to make sure I'm not misspeaking here. Uh, yeah, like we've done a lot of work around the hundred million dollar segment, um, and it's uh, it's still it, wait, well, it's it's a growing it's growing in importance in the luxury in the luxury sector, and we've really seen it as a defining sort of threshold when you talk about luxury worldwide. Although, interestingly, uh, Michael, you know, you've got some listings that I've seen that are absolute trophies in your market. Right. I mean, the, the most spectacular homes in in your local market area. So I don't want to make too much of one hundred million dollars. Uh, it's an important benchmark because it, it tells you that the world is starting to think of this as really an institutional asset class. But on the other hand, uh, you don't have to you don't have to see a hundred million dollar home in Chicago uh, to know that there are trophies there that or any other city for that matter to know that there are trophies there right it's uh, yeah no that's yeah. that's a that's a great point so yeah we're, we we just you know we we probably won't see a 100 million dollar sale in in Chicago anytime soon for that matter so you're absolutely right i was just it's very intriguing just talking about you know you know, it's such an astronomical figure for, you know, people from the Midwest or some of these areas that, that they barely will see a $10 million listing, let alone 20, 30, you know, let alone 100, let alone a $100 million sale. So, but you're, yeah. you're exactly right. Trophy listings are, are defined differently by price point, by region as well. You know, Architectural Digest um, just came out with uh, the most beautiful home for sale in all 50 states. Uh, you can probably Google it and find it. It's pretty cool. And and um, fortunate enough, I'm, I'm I'm lucky enough to to represent the the most beautiful home for sale here in Illinois. It's um, just under 10 million dollars. It, it it is just spectacular. So, um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, trophy trophy listings are going to be different by region by price point. Absolutely, but this this the hundred million dollar home had 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 its best year ever was an, an article you guys talked about, and I believe there were ten yep. um, publicly reported um, hundred million dollar sales um, across the world last year. Is that is that right? Yeah, there were ten publicly reported. It's interesting because the other thing to note when you're talking about this price point is it's it's more than ten. We know it's more than ten. Our affiliates have been involved in other $100 million-plus transactions that okay. are private, nobody hears about. We've been involved in transactions like that. So 
um, it it actually understates the level of activity. But you're you know you start talking about clients who are very focused on um, privacy and confidentiality. Not all of them want yeah. the world to know that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. Many at the million dollar price point, you know, let alone a hundred million. So absolutely. So, so these are yeah. reported, you know, and you know, the, the list is probably twice that, or if not more, uh, that that go unreported. So, you know, great point. You know, the, the one other thing I'd comment on when you talk about it being hard for people to relate to. Um, this kind of a price point. It's interesting to think about it in terms of the number of buyers out there who can afford uh-huh. the $100 million home. If, if you assume that the universe of buyers for a $100 million home is the world's billionaires, which is a pretty fair assumption, um, there are over 2,000 billionaires in the world, um, according to Forbes. The last time the number was reported, which is 20, that um, we reflected in Luxury Defined, the white paper, they had collectively $7.7 trillion worth of wealth. Uh, wealth. That, that effectively means that the world's billionaires could buy roughly 77,000 of these $100 million homes, right? And you only, at the time we did the report, only 33 of them were on the market. So it's, it sounds like an enormous number, but it's not actually um, so hard to imagine the world absorbing this number of $100 million homes. Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our luxury listing specialist certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher-end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecialist.com. Uh, we, we talk about owning your numbers, and obviously Dan Dan does, and that's one of the reasons that we, we wanted to have him on. Just, it's a different perspective. It's unique. Um, you know, random question that um, just prepping for this, we didn't talk about. But you know, what word of advice would you have uh, for that agent that has never, you know, listed or sold a luxury listing for their market? Again, price point varies, but but if they haven't sold a luxury listing, or for that matter, maybe never even listed one, um, do you have any have any words of you know pep talk, any 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 encouragement, words of advice, um, that sort of thing? One of the things I would say is uh, hopefully the firm that that agent works for is providing the kind of tools that the agent needs to be competitive at that end of the market. Right? I mean, that's how Christie's, that's how we spend all of our time thinking about how we produce the right set of tools for agents to work at the luxury end of the market and interact with our clients um, who are obviously the owners of these homes and the buyers of these homes. Um, if you don't, you've got to work outside of the toolkit, which is a shame. You should maybe be considering um, if you're thinking aspirationally of stepping up the price point, thinking about a you know sort of change of scenery in sure. terms of your firm. But look, the, at the end of the day, I think you're absolutely right, Michael, about one thing. You have to own the numbers. If you own the numbers and you can make a compelling case to a client about your ability to transact at the high end of the market on a listing, you've got a much better shot. So if they're not heeding your advice, they're making a real mistake. Um, they have to have, for, I think if you're gonna do the right job selling your luxury home, if you're gonna do it justice, you have to be able to find distribution globally. It's not enough to just say, 
you know, your home will be on Zillow or, and Trulia. You really have to be promoting it globally through a number of syndication sources because you just don't know where the buyer is going to come from. So again, important to be a part of a firm and part of a network that really gets you that kind of distribution and also to be highly focused on how you can get that uh, message out to the widest number of people. Um, And then I think the other thing is think creatively, right? Um, Sellers at that end of the spectrum are expecting you to do something special in marketing their property. And I think you have to be ready uh, with something different. So, you know, Michael, for example, for all the listeners, right, is an, an absolute expert at putting together high-end video. High-end video is critically important when you're dealing with luxury homes. It is when you're online, um, the thing that gets the most attention on any website. So you should be prepared. You should have somebody who can work with you that does really high-quality drone video and make sure that uh, that is as good as it can be, that your photography is, um, have people writing copy for you if that's not your skill set. I mean, you really have to, you really have to elevate your game the first time um, to prove that you're going to be able to do it. So it's really worth investing, I would say. Um, so there you go, a bit of a riff there, but uh, hopefully oh, that's no. all. Uh, th- th- great advice. So, so you know, if you're in a marketplace where there's, you know, all boutiques and there's no big brand names, that sort of thing, well, then it's a little bit of a level playing field from that standpoint. But, but, but Dan talked about first impressions. And if you want to differentiate yourself and your product, in this case, the house from the competition, you need to position it in the best light possible through amazing photos and descriptions and videography. You know, Dan, I, you know, as you know, I speak across the country and recently I was down in Florida and I was uh, a doing um, an, an activity during my training, what I call my fresh eyes analysis. And I had six top luxury agents submit lux- a luxury property that was stale. It wasn't moving. It had been on the market for a while. There wasn't much activity. Maybe the homeowner was on them about doing something different to try to generate some interest from qualified buyers. And, and I, w- I was shocked uh, because these th- these these agents were making well over a million dollars net. These were top agents from different parts of the country, different brands. So it wasn't just you know all Cobalt Banker or Remax or whatever, different brands. And you know I can't tell you on my I call my fresh eyes analysis. And I was just shocked that you know these highly trained agents you know, we're putting some of these properties out there. And so the way they were positioned. So, you know, for example, one of them, the lower level, you know, the photos were good quality photos, but what they showed in the photos, like the lower level had tons of junk all over the place. And, you know, I literally, one of my suggestions was if I were you, I would have, you know, obviously told the guy to have everything picked up ahead of time but if you get there with your photographer and stuff's there i would have moved everything and taken one side of the room move it back and take the other if you have to but you got to roll up your sleeves but we are responsible for how that property is positioned online there's not a there's not a a luxury authority out there that's going to rubber stamp and say oh it meets the brand standard so you know you, you you hit the 
you know, the nail on the head, and video is really important. It's the new gold standard when, when you're marketing luxury properties. Matter of fact, 73% of sellers sell, said they'll hire an agent who uses video to sell their home versus an agent that doesn't. So really good advice. Uh, we kind of went off on t- tangent there considering you weren't even expecting um, that question. So I, I, I do appreciate it. Um, you know what? What other? Uh, I guess just kind of wrap this up here, and then then we'll let you go. Your time is very val- valuable, Dan. I greatly appreciate it. What other um, you know words of advice, whether it be data, whether it be you know marketing, whether it be trends, something that you're seeing in 2018. I don't know if we finished that thought. Um, wh- what are your wh- what are you seeing out there in 2018 as far as uh, you know globally, and, and then maybe break it down into the U.S. Um, when it comes to luxury activity? Is it going to be increasing? Is it going to be stagnant? Um, Where where do you think the market's going to be going next year? Um, Okay, so there were two questions there. I want to address one before I move on to what's happening in the global markets because, especially for agents, I think a marketing plan is critical. Um, If agents price a home properly, and get a buyer to accept the right asking price for a home as their starting point, they probably um, will never have a huge amount of deal fatigue because a home priced right will sell. Um, So that's a really important part of it. But you do have to have a marketing plan. And the marketing plan, whenever we get involved, and we don't don't do it a lot, or at least we haven't historically. Um, We will more now that we're going into brokerage in New York City. But if we do a marketing plan for a home that is a year long, um, in part because some of the, the marketing pieces we do are annual, um, but if you show somebody that you've got a marketing plan for a year, you've got a much better justification for getting a longer-term uh, listing, exclusive listing, um, and a better justification for being exclusive. So I really think that's an important point. Um, for people to think about when they're going into the presentation is how you show the seller that you're not going to give up after a few months if the home doesn't sell. Um, On your question of what do I see globally, uh, a couple of observations. First of all, um, I think that over the long term, real estate is uh, the best asset class for people to deploy capital. And, and I think about that numerically, right? I did an analysis, um, uh, well, today's the perfect day for this because I'm presenting it tonight, but I did an analysis going back from January of 2000 to um, the most recent data we had. If you compared um, the Case-Shiller report against the S&P, the, the national home prices in the U.S. went up by 95% from the beginning of 2000, so through two peaks. The S&P only went up 78%. And, and people, interestingly, always think that equities should have a higher rate of return because they're more liquid. But in, in fact, what you see is lower rate of return and more volatility. So I think, I think real estate will continue to be a desirable asset class. But I'll go back to what I said before. I think that the luxury market will do well. I think that the economy overall will do well. There are no signs that a downturn is coming at any time in 2018. Um, but again, you do have to be careful and thoughtful about what's happening at the local level. You have to be aware of whether your government is planning cooling measures. Um, you have to be aware within your market of where you're finding the sort of market darlings and um, where people are starting to cycle out of real estate or real estate 
has peaked. You have to be thinking about all those things if you're a buyer. Um, as a seller, you just have to be responding and making sure that you're um, always communicating the best message about why the, uh, that property is desirable. In some markets, inventory is definitely an issue. Miami, it's not a secret um, that there's an inventory issue. Uh, New York at the ultra high end, there is an issue which is growing a little bit here. Um, but overall, I think the markets are pretty healthy. Uh, I also think, just as one last comment, and I've written about it in in our uh, blog, uh, I think people talking about bubbles at any time is um, misses the point in real estate. Uh, in my, my blog, I, I called uh, Bubbles Are For Children. In real estate, assets don't generally just burst. They're there. Um, their owners can get in trouble from time to time. Certainly, occasionally, a, a high-end development um, can hit some speed bumps. Uh, but overall, if you think about real estate as an asset, it perseveres in a way that companies don't when you look at a downturn. So uh, I think uh, there's a lot of good reason to be optimistic about the real estate markets for the foreseeable uh, future, at least the near-term future. Well, uh, you know, great insight, and, and I just want to reiterate um, something you mentioned. So you said in 2000, up until the most recent data you had, uh, Kay Schiller indicated real estate, even with all the peaks and the valleys and the really valleys, you know, in some markets, um, overall um, home, home, home values, um, or no, uh, re restate that. I just want to make sure I'm not putting words in your mouth. It was very insightful. I wrote 95% was Case-Shiller versus the S&P at 78, but, but kind of just rehash that. So the, the, the way to think about it, if you, um, if you looked at where the, the Case-Shiller index was at the beginning of 2000, which was when the market was still relatively um, peak, just before the dot-com bubble burst for the first time, um, mm -hmm. and then you looked at how the Case-Shiller moved over time, uh, if you look at today versus where it was back then, the index has increased by 95%. If you looked at where the S&P was back then and you compared it to where the S&P is today, the S&P has only gone up 78%. Uh, now, which is interesting, it means that the Case-Shiller has outperformed by 17%. That doesn't actually reflect a few things, right? With the S&P, uh, they drop out companies as they go bankrupt. If you actually included all the bankruptcies uh, in the performance, you would see a number which is worse. So leaving aside that little caveat, the bottom line is real estate in the U.S. has outperformed the S&P over the last 17 years, and I don't frankly see that changing. Uh, I think that over time, you will always see real estate outperform at least until people have a much greater concentration of their wealth in real estate investments outside of their um, primary residence. Because today, most people um, are, tend to think about taking their next dollar of savings and investing it in equities. Very few of them think about putting it into another real estate asset. And that's, um, that, I think, will sustain the values over the long run. That was helpful, and uh, man, just 
obviously, folks, um, you, you can see why I had Dan on, on this episode, just a, a wealth of knowledge. Thank, thank you for your time, Dan. Now, if somebody wanted to know, um, maybe they're considering switching offices, they wanted to see if there was a Christie's affiliate in their office, or they wanted um, you know, to inquire about that, would you recommend just going to christiesrealestate.com, or what, what do you recommend um, for somebody that wants to you know, see if there's a Christie's affiliate in their market? Yeah, we're always, if you go to christiesrealestate.com, you'll be able to search and find out if there is an affiliate. We're always happy to have a conversation and um, to make an introduction that will be helpful any way we can. And our contact details um, for all of our uh, various offices around the world are on our website. Uh, if you were to search your location and Christie's uh, International Real Estate in Google, you'd probably also find your local market affiliate um, uh and so you, you probably find their contact details directly. But as I said, I mean, we're always happy to help uh, make the contact. So whatever we can okay. do. Well, good. Well, good. Well, folks, that concludes another episode of the Luxury Listing uh, Podcast. My name is Michael Lofito. If you are in a small boutique and you uh, town and, and there's no big you know, firms around you and there's no Christie's uh, affiliates around you, and you're looking to differentiate yourself, iron sharpens iron. Start, you know, continue listening to these podcasts, read great books, own your numbers. If you're looking to differentiate yourself even further, you can go to luxurylistingspecialist.com. It's our certification that we offer agents looking to differentiate themselves. We provide a lot of great tools and resources. But if that's not in your budget, you can go to, uh, go to Amazon. And our latest book, Luxury Listing Specials, is out. It's 186 pages. It's great content. If uh, you're not a reader, we do have a, good, uh, a lot of good visuals in there as well to kind of hammer home points. Because uh, we, we firmly believe that it's not the market, it's the marketing. Remember, somebody's getting married, someone's downsizing, somebody's moving. You know, there's a lot of wealth moving around. There's currency out there. You know, that's really what drives the luxury real estate space. It's not who the president is, what interest rates are, et cetera. So stay positive. Pound the pavement. Again, track, attract, attract. How do you do that? By positioning yourself, own the numbers, and bring content marketing and do so with some amazing photos and videos, etc. My name is Michael Lofito, host of the Luxury Listing Specials podcast. Again, to, to listen to previous episodes, go to luxurylistingpodcast.com or find us on Stitcher or iTunes. Bye for now, and remember, it's not the market, it's the marketing. 